Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Catch, Hook, and Shoot. Today is July 2nd, 2018. Uh, posting the show a day late this week. Sorry about that. I know I usually have it up by Sunday evening, but uh, it's had a little bit of a delay, so putting it up on Monday afternoon. So, uh, hope everybody's enjoying the show so far. Hope everybody's following on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, you can get the podcast on, uh, of course, the home of the podcast is Podbean. It's also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube. Uh, on YouTube, you can get just the audio, or if you want to look at my smiling face, you can also uh, check out the video. They both get posted at the same time. So, uh, what, uh, whatever you choose, just as long as you're uh, subscribing, listening, and hopefully enjoying. Uh, as always, help spread the word. Tell your friends, tell your family, anybody you know that's a wrestling fan. Ask them, you know, check out the show. Uh, always trying to get more followers, build the show up uh, as big as I possibly can. And, uh, yeah, just hope everybody's enjoying it so far. So uh, last week on the show, forgot to mention, um, and I feel horrible about it, uh, forgot to mention about the passing of Leon White, better known as Big Man Vader or just Vader. Um Probably one of the best big men ever to set foot in a wrestling ring, uh, held world championships all over the world, uh, Japan, um, Europe, the U.S., Australia, and uh, probably best known in the U.S. for his uh, run in WWE, but uh, more so, I think, well, for me at least, uh, for his run in WCW, where he was the world champion, had a big rivalry with Sting, with uh, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Mick Foley as uh, Cactus Jack at the time, and was just, you know, probably one of the best heels as well to, uh, to ever get into the ring. So uh, definitely a big loss. Anybody who follows Vader knows the last couple of years he's been having a lot of heart problems. Um, he had a couple of open heart surgeries over the last uh, six months to a year. Uh, to correct those problems, which the surgeries by all accounts were successful, but unfortunately the last month or so I guess he came down with uh, pneumonia and just uh, his heart just couldn't take the extra strain after having um, those few open heart surgeries and his heart eventually just gave out on him. Um, the fact that he's not already in the WWE Hall of Fame to me is just uh, a tragedy, quite honestly. Um, I think he should have been in there a while ago. But uh, hopefully next year we'll be hearing about him going into the Hall of Fame. So, uh, yeah, definitely rest in peace, Big Man Vader. Uh, another loss to the wrestling world just this past week was uh, Matt Capitelli, who lost uh, a very long battle with brain cancer. Uh, those who aren't familiar with Matt, he was the co-winner of third season of Tough Enough, along with John Hennigan, who, of course, now is known as John Morrison or Johnny Mundo. Uh, Johnny Impact, depending on which promotion he's wrestling in at the time, but uh, yeah, Matt Capitelli was the co-winner in the same season. Um, had a couple matches on the main roster right after that season of Tough Enough, and then went down to Ohio Valley Wrestling, which was a developmental territory for WWE at that time, and uh, just had a really, really bright, promising future. He was supposed to come up, I believe it was 2005, um, to be in a tag team with The Miz, which would have been fantastic. Uh, unfortunately, that's when he was diagnosed with brain cancer, had to undergo surgery and treatment, uh, and had to retire from the ring. But he stayed on at Ohio Valley as a trainer for a long time after that. And, uh, you know, he was, uh, like I said, went through surgery treatments, was doing well for a pretty good stretch there. And then I guess on the last year or so, the cancer ended up coming back um, more aggressively, uh, wasn't able to be treated. 
and uh, so he, again, unfortunately passed away this past week, uh, very young age, he was just in his mid-30s, and, uh, you know, by all accounts, just a, a great human being, aside from being a great, uh, great in-ring performer. I uh, never, had, never had the pleasure to meet him myself, but I, you know, got to see a few of his matches before he had to retire from the ring, and uh, it was definitely... Definitely a big loss because he could have been a huge star in WWE, I think. Uh, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. So uh, rest in peace to Matt Capitelli and again to Big Man Vader. So uh, moving on to some, uh, I guess, happier stuff. Uh, actually, first I want to cover Brock Lesnar. Now there's a rumor floating, floating around that Brock is not going to be defending the Universal title at SummerSlam. Uh, that, and we may not see him until the end of the year, um, maybe like as late as Survivor Series. Uh, so that's kind of kind of up in the air. They're still kind of teasing that he may be going back to UFC. Uh, I still haven't seen confirmation of that, but he would have had to re-enter the testing pool for the uh, uh, for the drug testing for MMA uh, by the end of last week. I haven't seen any reports that he did that as of yet, so I guess that, that all kind of hinges on uh, what's going on with his MMA career as to when he's next going to appear in WWE, which I honestly I think is a shame. I mean, I understand they put the Universal title on him to elevate that title, uh, to give it some more prestige, because when that title first came out, let's face it, it wasn't very popular. They didn't like the name of it. They didn't like the belt. I'm um, talking about fans. So, you know, what do you do to kind of elevate that title, give it give it a little more meaning, you put it on somebody like Brock Lesnar, who's an attraction, and only have him defend it every few months kind of makes it, makes it a little more important. Uh, they definitely accomplished that goal, so I think it's definitely time to put that title on somebody else who is going to be on TV every week. I mean, Brock is the only champion who you only see two or three times a year. Uh, in, I mean, in boxing and MMA, that's one thing, because that's just how those sports are, you know, uh, the athletes, they need that time between the matches to train, recover, get ready for the next challenge, heal from injury, things like that. Pro wrestling, you expect to see the guys on TV every week. You expect to see the titles, you know, regularly at, defended at least once a month at the uh, at the pay-per-views and even on TV once in a while. So I, I definitely think it's time to put the Universal title on somebody else, whether it's Roman Reigns, whether it's Braun Strowman. Whether they go a different direction, maybe Finn Balor, uh, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose is supposed to be coming back soon. So, I mean, there's no shortage of guys on Monday Night Raw that could carry that belt. Uh, even Bobby Lashley looks like they're trying to kind of hint at a match with him and Brock, which I, I say it's about time. Quite honestly, they should have, I think that should have been done the moment Bobby Lashley came back, they should have put him directly into a program with Lesnar. Even if Lesnar's not on TV, you have Heyman come in, stir the pot, you know, and it could have been a nice big build to a great, great match with the two of them. Uh, so hopefully they'll take it in that direction. That's what I'm hoping to see. I'd love to see Bobby Lashley and, uh, and Brock Lesnar go at it. Uh, so moving on to some Ring of Honor uh, dealings here. Of course, everybody knows All In is coming up here in Chicago in September. Uh, the NWA Championship is to be defended at that show. Uh, it's supposed to be Cody Rhodes and Nick Aldis for that title. Nick Aldis, of course, is current NWA champion. Uh, but he added the stipulation that in order for him to give the match to Cody, Cody would have to win the Ring of Honor Championship first. 
So, of course, uh, last week was Ring of Honor's big pay-per-view, Best in the World, where Cody had his shot at uh, at the Ring of Honor Championship and uh, did not win the title. Dalton Castle retained the title that night. Uh, it was, of course, a triple threat match with uh, Dalton Castle, Cody Rhodes, and Marty Skrull. Uh, Castle pin Skrull to retain the title, so Cody wasn't involved in the finish, which I think is good at, you know, Cody didn't come away with the title, but he also didn't lose. So he, you know, still looks uh, strong as ever. Uh, and then in an interesting twist, just uh, a night later at the uh, Ring of Honor TV tapings, they had another match. Uh, this one was a four-way match, adding Jay Lethal into the mix. And Jay Lethal came away with the Ring of Honor Championship uh, for his second reign. So... Kind of, like I said, an interesting twist there. I'll have to see. I'm sure Cody will get another shot. One uh, rumor I read online, which makes a lot of sense, is uh, Ring of Honor doesn't want to put, or I should say might not, it's just a rumor, might not want to put the title on Cody just yet because he does have a match against Kenny Omega coming up at the G1, uh, G1 Climax Special for New Japan in San Francisco. So... Ring of Honor may not want their champion to take a loss to the IWGP champion. So on uh, odds are, you know, Kenny Omega is more than likely going to retain that title uh, in that match. So probably after that match is when you'll see Cody pick up the Ring of Honor championship if they're going to keep that stipulation in place uh, as far as Cody having to be the Ring of Honor champion in order to get the NWA title match. Um, of course, things could change. Uh, the NWA title could change hands in that time, and, you know, the Ring of Honor stipulation could just be out the window. Who knows? But uh, we'll have to see see where that goes. Another interesting rumor I read online this week was uh, Daniel Bryan's uh, current run in WWE since being cleared after three years of being inactive is uh, kind of being... It's not being billed this way, but again, it's a, it's a rumor that this is kind of like a farewell tour for Daniel Bryan because his contract is set to end on September 1st. Uh, interesting date, but uh, and apparently, supposedly, according to this rumor, the WWE's not certain he's going to re-sign uh, with WWE, but I, I take that with a grain of salt because if they didn't think he was going to re-sign, I don't think they would have cleared him to get back in the ring. They would have just let him write out his contract and, you know, good luck in your future endeavors, and he would have gone on to go back to Ring of Honor or New Japan or, you know, whatever, pretty much whatever indies he wanted to because he would have, you know, ended up being the, the top draw outside of WWE in the world. That's pretty much guaranteed. So... Like I said, I'm taking this with a grain of salt, but if if that's the case, if his contract runs out September 1st and he does not re-sign with WWE before then, he would become the biggest indie star in the world, bar none. Uh, just the fact that WWE fans know him, WWE fans love him, indie fans love him, so he's got the probably the biggest following of any other indie superstar out there. Um... You know, any show that he makes an appearance on would be almost a guaranteed sellout just by putting Daniel Bryan's name on the marquee. So it would be very, very interesting to watch. And, of course, as I said, his contract is up on September 1st. So, you know, if he doesn't re-sign with WWE, could we see Daniel Bryan at all in, at least making an appearance, not necessarily wrestling, because it would be very short notice. I mean, by all rights, he wouldn't be able to negotiate anything uh, with them, you know, now 
when he would need to as far as negotiating a match or anything like that. Uh, but, you know, as far as an appearance, I'm sure that could be thrown together fairly last minute and just make it like a surprise appearance. They probably wouldn't uh, wouldn't even have to announce it. So uh, definitely have to see where that goes. Um, like I said, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan in general because the indies are so hot. Um, and also a great time to be a wrestler, again, because the indies are so hot. I mean, look at the names out there that are making making a living for themselves, some making a better living on the indies than they could in WWE, case in point, the Young Bucks, um, and they maintain complete control over their brand on you know, are really able to call their own shots and uh, not have to follow WWE's rigid scheduling and uh, things like that. Uh, but Daniel Daniel Bryan potentially ending up uh, an indie superstar is uh, just huge because, you know, you could see him in Ring of Honor, in New Japan, Impact, Lucha Underground, AAA, uh, NWA shows, House of Hardcore, the, the list of dream matches with guys out there on the indies right now is almost endless as far as Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, uh, Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega would blow the roof off of any arena in the world, is my opinion. Um, Austin Aries, John Morrison, Nick Aldis, the NWA champion. So it's definitely, definitely going to be a, a fun thing to watch and keep track of. Um, and again, you know, a lot of people try to uh, compare indie companies like Impact or Ring of Honor, which I don't know if you necessarily call them indies because they, you know, they are larger, they have national TV and things like that, but they are, they're independent companies. I mean, they're, you know, they're not the big worldwide corporations like the WWE is. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people try to make the comparison as far as them competing with WWE, which none of these companies individually can. Quite honestly, they don't have WWE's money or marketing or exposure. But on the whole, talking about indie wrestling as a whole, all the different companies, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Impact, uh, the smaller regional indies like Combat Zone or Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, uh, and just all of the dozens and hundreds of indies all over the world in Europe and uh, Japan and Australia, uh, like House of Hardcore and you know, the NWA, uh, all the different indies that the NWA title is defended in. Independent wrestling on the whole, I think, does compete with WWE, especially in the eyes of the wrestlers. Because, like I said, there are so many wrestlers out there right now who make a living outside of WWE. They create their own schedule. They, they name their own price. And, you know, if they, they may have to work a little harder getting their name out there. Um, they kind of have to promote for themselves. They don't have the WWE machine backing them and, you know, blasting their name all over the place. They have to do all that for themselves. But you see with guys like Cody Rhodes and like Kenny Omega and like the Young Bucks and Marty Skrull, the Bullet Club members and things like that, independent wrestler, wrestlers don't need the WWE anymore. And I, I think that signifies a big shift because it used to be WWE was the end-all be-all you know if you were a pro wrestler if you wanted to be able to make it and be able to survive and make a living as a pro wrestler for so many years WWE was the only place you could go uh, especially after all the territories closed down uh, WCW went out of business ECW went out of business and WWE was the only game in town uh, as far as on a national or worldwide level but now 
with all these independents, it's different than the, in the days of the territories because the territories were always very competitive. And, uh, you know, it was a really kind of cutthroat business back in those days. Now, a lot of the independent promotions, they work together. They share talent. Even the larger companies like Ring of Honor and Impact will share talent with other promotions within certain limits sometimes. Like sometimes, you know, wrestler won't be able to, uh, a Ring of Honor contract guy won't be able to wrestle someplace else if they have like national TV or something like that. But, uh, or shouldn't say national TV, but like uh, national or I guess it would be worldwide, like streaming service or something like that. But you see Impact guys wrestling in Lucha, Lucha Underground and vice versa. You see Ring of Honor guys in New Japan and in other independent promotions around the country and around the world. So it's a lot more open, um, you know, not so, not so cutthroat. I mean, you know, all the promoters are still out to make money, but not necessarily at the expense of the other promoters and not at the expense of the wrestlers either. Though, you know, the wrestlers have a lot more freedom to go out there make their make their money get their names out there make a living and make a good living so it's i'll say it again it's a very very exciting time and uh, it seems like the wwe is starting to kind of dip their toe in the water as far as following suit as far as sharing talent uh with other companies now for quite a while you've seen nxt guys uh performing on indies that uh, WWE has working agreements with, like Progress and Insane Championship Wrestling and things like that over in Europe. Um, you know, you'd see a lot of uh, a lot of NXT guys over there. You see the uh, the UK title defended on the, uh, the European independent scene. Now with the advent of NXT UK, I don't know if you'll see that as much. Uh, you may see NXT bringing in guys from Progress or from ICW or the other uh, European independent promotions into the NXT UK brand. Uh, so we'll have to see, you know, how that goes, if Pete Dunne's still going to be wrestling in other organizations defending that uh, that UK title. But you, uh, you also see Adam Cole defending the North American title on uh, some, uh, some of the other independent promotions. So it seems like WWE is kind of going through a feeling out process. Uh, it was actually just announced that, uh, uh, and this is pretty big, the first main roster star, Hideo Itami, uh, is going to be going back to his original home promotion, Pro Wrestling Noah, in Japan to perform. Uh, apparently, Noah and WWE have worked out an arrangement to, you know, kind of share Hideo Itami. So it seems like this is kind of, it wasn't marketed this way, but it seems like it's kind of a, a testing phase. You know, let's see, let's see how this works out. Let's see, you know, is he still going to be that big draw in Japan? You know, can we send him over there and, you know, maybe make a little money for us off of it and make some money for pro wrestling no off of it, getting getting their, you know, former top name superstar back over there for a few shows. Uh, and if that, you know, if that works out, who knows? If now WWE starts working out talent sharing agreements with independent promotions, that could be huge. I don't think you'll ever see a Roman Reigns or a Seth Rollins or an uh, AJ Styles. I don't think you'll see any of the top, top tier guys uh, shared in any other promotion simply from a viewpoint of, well, we don't want those guys getting injured on some indie show. So I, you know, as much as I'd love to see uh, a talent exchange between WWE and New Japan, especially uh, to you know, use the use the Bullet Club. I'd love to see a Bullet Club invasion of WWE. I don't think you'd ever see, like I said, top name talent being sent elsewhere to actually wrestle. Maybe make appearances, but not actually wrestle. 
because, uh, like I said, they're not going to want an AJ Styles getting injured at a New Japan show and being out for X amount of months. So I, I don't think you'll ever see it to that level where you're trading an AJ Styles for a Kenny Omega for, you know, six months or something like that. But, uh, you know, mid-card guys, NXT guys, I definitely could see that uh, could see that happening. It just it opens up a lot of doors for people, and I think you know the fans can only benefit from that. Uh, so again, something to something to watch and see where it goes. It's uh, I think it's going to be a very slow process. It's not going to be something that's going to happen overnight. Like I said, the the deal with Hideo Itami. I think it's kind of like a, a testing phase, just dipping their toe in the water. I don't think WWE has a lot of confidence in Hideo Itami anyway. Uh, because he had so many injury issues uh, when he first started with NXT, he was out for the better part of a year uh, with with injuries, uh, and then came back and was injured again. So, you know, it's uh, like I said, it's kind of a testing phase. Okay, we'll try it with this guy that we don't necessarily have a whole lot of faith or confidence in. See how it works, and then kind of go from there. So, hopefully. Hopefully it's the start of a new trend with WWE because it's definitely working on the indies. You know, being able to see Brian Cage on Impact and then on Lucha Underground and then on another indie show, you know, it, it works for the promoters, it works for the, for the wrestlers, it works great for the fans. So hopefully, uh, you know, WWE will get on board with that and you'll see a little bit more of this in the future. Definitely something to watch. So that's pretty much what I got for this week. Like I said, uh, sorry about the uh, the day late posting of the show. Hope everybody's enjoying it. Again, follow me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Snapchat. You can find the uh, the podcast on Podbean, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and also on YouTube. Just go to any one of those platforms, search Catch, Hook, Shoot. You should be able to find it. And... Uh, ever want to comment question anything like that i welcome any comments on any of those pages on uh, if you ever want to shoot me an email it's catchhookshoot at gmail.com so hope everybody has a good week looking forward to raw tonight see how the ongoing storylines play out which i'll definitely get into uh, next week so until then i will talk to you guys soon